Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Live Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm your host, Josh Hyman. And I'm Joey Pazzola. And today we got a bit of a bit of a rough episode. We gotta recap we gotta recap some tough games over the weekend. Blues went 0 and 2 on their their home and home against Nashville. So we'll get into that, get into some get into covering some tough games. Um not the results we wanted to see there, but we'll we'll get into it. We'll talk about it as well as kind of previewing uh hopefully the blues what the blues need to do to turn this thing around. But before we do that. Got to give a shout out to our friends over at Monocle's Pizza. If you guys haven't heard about it yet, you guys got to check them out. They're located in O'Fallon, Missouri. They got their famous crispy thin crust pizza. They've got a pan pizza. They've got the point pizza, which is a one of a kind triangle pizza. And all pizzas come with either mozzarella or provel blend of cheese. That's your choice. They got these delicious sounding pepperolis, which are fresh baked rolls filled with pepperoni, puree, and four cheeses. They got toasted ravs, of course. Family pleaser, combo of pizza, salad, and soft drinks. So order for the whole family. Make it make a whole night out of it. You can dine in, carry out, get it delivered, whatever you want. They've been in business since 1959. Uh, their O'Fallon location has a brewery, including their house amber beer, um, called the 1959 in honor of their um, inaugural year. And they got lots of community involvement, fundraisers, and reading programs, which is awesome. And you can order through their on- online app or call them, as well as Grubhub. So, And if you do order, you can get $5 off a large specialty pizza when you mention Locked On or use the online code Locked On. And if you wanted to call and order, that's 636-980-1212. Again, that's Monocle's Pizza. Check them out. Delicious stuff. But speaking of some not-so-delicious stuff, uh, 0-2 over the home-and-home. 4-3 Saturday night, 2-1 Sunday night, or Saturday afternoon, I should say, and then 2-1 Sunday night. Joey, what were your thoughts? Just just broad thoughts coming out of the weekend. Um, don't let the 0-2 record discourage you. Uh, they played their game. They're, they're, they're getting there. It's just Nashville's the more desperate team right now. And we talked about that in the preview of the weekend, and they just found a way to get it done. Uh, the Blues are going to have to have a quick turnaround here in New Jersey uh, tomorrow, I believe. And yeah. uh, yeah, maybe there's maybe there's a change. Maybe there's a change coming here, coming days. Uh, we'll have plenty, we'll plenty to talk about that. But we'll uh, overall, see, but... N- nothing to hang their heads on. Uh, they'll, yeah. they'll be all right. Um, Saturday's game, uh, early early afternoon game. Uh, Predators opened the scoring pretty early on. Arvidsson with a slapper about six six or seven minutes in, and then Nashville went up two zero six minutes later. So they're up two zero. Coming out of the first period, and you can get you get really discouraged if you're if you're a Blues fan in that in that sense. Um, you know, you never want to see a team go down 2-0, especially um, especially when they've been struggling so much. And then who but Zach Sanford, the four goal man? Which I don't know if we've talked about that yet. Um, let's 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 real quick before we continue. He he scored the the two one goal against Nashville. But how about his performance against Vegas? Four goals. My goodness. Yeah, we touched on it just a tad bit last yeah. weekend on the yeah, preview, still but man, he's he's uh he's still burying them like it's nothing. So hey, good to see. Yeah, comes in with four goals in the Vegas game, which unfortunately is an overtime loss. But then we got the we got another goal um, here in this one to make it two one Nashville, and then literally twenty seconds later, it's an absolute backbreaker of a goal. Ty- Kyle Turris puts Nashville up three one. That's just really tough, you know. You cut the lead, cut the lead in half, make it two one, and then on the very next very next sequence of events, uh, you give up the give up another backbreaking goal to extend the lead to two. That's that's a really tough one. Um, that was tough to watch. Uh, but then Blues actually responded pretty well. A minute and a half later, Schwartz um, brought them within one on the power play. 
big goal there from momentum. Kind of brought the Blues back in the game. Uh, got made some hope. Got some hope back. Um, you know, I was thinking maybe they had a chance after that. And then sure enough, halfway through the second, Alex Steen. Um, later awards to Alex Steen. Jordan Cairo with a shot out front. I guess Steen must have tipped it. Went into the top corner, and it's three three. And then, I mean, you know, heading into the third period, tied 3-3 at home. You really want to come out, uh, come out on fire, come out swinging. And you, uh, and you give up a power play or you get, you get, you uh, take a penalty and then you give up a goal on the power play, uh, pretty early on in the period. So that's, that's, that's a real backbreaker. They went down 4-3, just four minutes into the period. And, and after that, it was a pretty lock, pretty much a lockdown game. Uh, no, no real good chances either way after that. Preds really locked it down defensively. Blues had a lot of momentum, uh, but it was too little too late as Nashville just shut the door and, and kept the Blues off the scoreboard for the rest of the game. I mean, what do you, what do you think of Saturday's game, Joey? Uh, Saturday's game was, it was kind of out of ordinary for these two teams. Uh, more of a track meet kind of a game, more, more something I would expect if we played like a Colorado, you know, uh, back and forth action, a lot of off to play. Yeah, uh, very loose defensively on both sides, defensively and goaltending. But um, overall, nothing crazy to hang your head on. You just got outplayed at the end of the game yeah. on that power play goal. You I know, mean, you, but you you look at the the game stats. The shots are pretty even. Power play even. Penalty minutes even. Blues out hit the Preds thirty six to thirteen, which is a really encouraging sight to see because um, all the conversation in the locker room has been the Blues need to get back to their game. They need to get back to heavy hitting. Uh, making making it tough for their opponents, making making people dread playing against them, getting winning those puck battles, you know, giving that full effort, making making it a grind, making it a grind game, not like a not so much of an open game. And I think they got back to that a little bit Saturday night with the with the big heavy hitting. I mean, the defense needed to be cleaned up a little bit. It was a little sloppy early on, um, and they paid the price for that for sure. And then the penalties were tough too. Um, the call is somewhat being inconsistent, but also just some some difficult penalties that you really don't want to take in that situation. Um, but I mean, it was it was an encouraging loss as much as there could be one. As far as their losses on this losing streak, the Saturday game was far from the worst of it. But it was still a game that I you know you really wanted them to win. Um, Allen didn't play the, the, the best, he, you know, 20, 27 shots, only 23 saves. Um, and only one of those goals was on the power play. So you'd expect him to be a little bit better, um, you know, and you think if you get a little bit better goal thinning in that game, you might get the win. But th- but that being said, it, it all comes down to the defense and the, and the, the tight play needed to um, – continue and and just lock down your opponent so i i think that they showed progress of getting back to their game but they're not quite there yet yeah speaking of heavy hitting they did have two fights in that game also by the way uh bortizzo and uh brayden chin both dropped the gloves um not only that but the like we like you mentioned the quick turnarounds after the goals against that all that adds up and it just showed me there's a ton of heart being played in that saturday game yep um it it definitely played into sunday it it felt like a playoff series at this point absolutely and before we jump into sunday's game gotta take a real quick pause for uh, some digital ad inserts and then we'll be right back with the with the game recap all right welcome back we just talked about saturday's uh loss and now let's get into sunday's loss Two two tough games. Um, you know, Sunday Blues come out. Jordan Bennington uh, is taking the cage for this one, looking for a good bounce back performance. He's been struggling lately uh, in Nashville. Second leg of the home and home. You expect a big game from the Blues. And first period, 
pretty pretty back and forth. I mean, Nashville definitely had the the better play in the first, but not by too much. And it was it was zero zero after one. Jordan Bennington played really really well. I think in the first period of that game, I, I don't think that can be that can go unsaid. They Nashville only had six shots, but they had some good opportunities, and there were definitely some some moments in that game where you you definitely could have seen Nashville score a a goal that the Blues have been allowing a lot of lately. Whereas like Blues have a lot of momentum, and then all of a sudden they allow a weak goal, and just that completely takes the wind out of their sails. So I think they played pretty well in that sense where they it was a solid back and forth game they didn't make a lot of big mistakes um that that led to led to opportunities for nashville and when they did bennington came up really sharp um and then heading into the second period uh nashville opened up the scoring 1-0 craig smith eight minutes in wrist shot goal i mean it was a tough one i think it was off a turnover um one little mistake and, and, and the preds get on the scoreboard but then Blues, with their with their strong strong uh, bounce back ability that they've shown, Bozak just a few minutes later, uh, eleven minutes into the period, ties it up one one. You know, so you're coming out of the second period once again. It's tied. The Blues have come from behind, and, and you know they 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 have the momentum. They're in a good spot. And third period, back and forth. You know, pretty good game. It could could definitely go either way. And then. Kyle Turris wins the game for Nashville with about two minutes left, and, and it's just absolutely backbreaking goal. Another another one off of, a, off of a silly mistake that you don't want to see, and then the Preds get the two one victory after that. It, that that one was a really tough loss. I think I think the Blues had the momentum; they outshot the Preds thirty nine twenty four. It was their game to to win. I think that they played really well, and then just it all broke down in the final few minutes, and and. and, and they lost the game because of it. It's, it's that's an unfortunate one. But what, what do you see in that one, Joey? Uh, you pretty much touched on it all there. Uh, Blues pretty much outplayed them uh, throughout the whole game. But my one great takeaway of this entire game is the play of Jordan Bennington. Bennington, uh, he did play good. He had twenty four yeah. saves on twenty four shots really well. or twenty six shots. My bad. And uh, just I, I, I believe he had a uh, yeah twenty four saves or twenty two yeah, saves and twenty four shots. Nine there saves you got, got he, he had a good game. <laughs> I'm game. all mixed up. But anyways, um, yeah, good game from Bennington. Good to see him finally break that streak. I think he had like a streak of six, seven, and eight games straight of allowing three-plus goals against or something like that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, good to see him get back on track, even though he got the loss. Okay, yeah. just shake shake it off. Let's get back to it. And uh, <clears throat> speaking of those additions, I think we might be on the, uh, on the cusp of something coming here. Uh, I just tweeted out that Brendan Dillon was responding – to a post-game question in the game against the Panthers tonight, if this was his last game as a Shark, and he got very emotional. So yep. it sounds like Brandon Dill might be on the move here very soon. And, 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 uh, and there were there were a couple teams that were, I believe, checking in on him, and St. Louis was one of them. Four, di- four days ago, I, I tweeted it out. I did. I did four days ago. I tweeted it out. The Blues are very interested in him. But like you just said, a ton of interest in Brandon Dillon around the league. Yeah, so I mean, we've seen the we've seen the the hauls that some guys have caught that have that some guys have got Blake Coleman. I mean, part of it the reason is that he has such a good contract, but he's fetching a top end prospect in foot and also a first round pick from Tampa. Those so the market seems to be a little skewed right now, which kind of scares me away from guys like Chris Kreider and and even Peugeot just because of the of the the like Andy Green fetched you know a couple different pieces too. So it seems like the market's pretty pretty wonky right now there's some high demand for players and, and there's some big hauls given up so it makes me a little a little hesitant heading into the deadline i don't i wouldn't love to see the blues 
give up too much for a guy like Brendan Dillon. If they were to give up too much, I would prefer it to be for a, an impact player. Like, a you know, it's a very, very hypothetical, but one name that's been thrown around a lot is Mike Hoffman. I think if you're gonna, if you're gonna overpay at the trade deadline, it needs to be for a, a game changer and impact player, not just a, not just a body in, in that sense. I, I, that's why a, a Brendan Dillon trades does scare me. But I, at the same time, I have faith that Armstrong knows when to back out of trades. He's never really been one to get into a, get into a, a, a trade battle and, and over end up overpaying except maybe with the Falk trade but a little too early to evaluate that we could we can get into that one in a little bit but he's I, I trust him when it comes to trades he's he's been pretty consistent lately especially at the deadline so I, I trust that he'll if if he sees a move that is is beneficial for the team he'll obviously make it but also keeping in mind of the the draft picks and the prospect cupboard that we have it's it's nice to nice to have some some uh, reassurance that whatever the blues do i think that there's i think that whatever the blues do at the deadline isn't going to make or break their their stanley cup chances that's that's my opinion they have the, i think they have the pieces on the team right I now agree. it's just a matter it's just a matter of bringing it all together and and making it work again i agree um like you said we'll touch on justin Falk plenty in the upcoming future uh, he did. Ha- he has had a, a bit of a underwhelming season at this mm-hmm. point, but I won't. I will not judge that entire trade at least to the bare minimum until playoffs happen because I know he's due for something big in the playoffs or a big hit or a big play or he's his he his play is going to come into play at some point, and we haven't yeah. really seen it yet. It, you know, it might be a a chemistry thing. It might just be a change of scenery thing, but yeah, just so let one, that play one out. Thing about, one thing about Justin Fox that definitely, I'm definitely keeping in mind is he, he kind of plays the opposite of Craig Ruby's style, which is fine because every team needs complimentary pieces. He, he reminds me of Vince Dunn a lot. He's a good puck mover. He's fast, a little bit less reliable defensively, but but you know he's smart with the puck. He, he can make good decisions, but sometimes he gets caught in his defensive zone and makes some mistakes. And I think it's just a matter of a player like him learning the system takes a little bit longer. We saw it with Vince Dunn there was some time where he was, you know, getting getting healthy, scratched, and playing really poorly, and then just all of a sudden, like the flip of a switch, he was one of our best defensemen in the playoffs. He, you know, the, the in the time when he was out with the broken jaw, the Blues really struggled, and then he can't he comes back and is an instant impact player for them. So I, again, like you said, I think it, I think playoffs is again a a different animal, and we could see a different some a different side of Justin Falk then. But also, I think a player of his style it's going to take a while for him to uh, adapt to Baruby's system. It's it's very different from Carolina's fast paced. Um, uh, north-south um, speed game. Blues have a lot more of a grinded-out physical style of play that's very different from what Justin Falk's used to. And he's also playing on his offside sometimes, which is difficult. So I think he, as much as he's been very, very, very underwhelming up until this point, and if he doesn't progress past this, I will be extremely disappointed with this trade and, and you know, resent that Doug Armstrong ever made it. But that being said, we're a little bit more than halfway through his first season with the team. Look at what happened with the first half of last season. All the new faces took so long to mesh with to mesh with each other. You know, you had guys like Ryan O'Reilly playing way below what you'd expect from him because he just wasn't used to the team yet. You know, Jay Bowmeister when he started out so poorly just because he was coming back from injury. It takes time for guys to to mesh with the chemistry and and get used to the their teammates. But it'll come. Justin Falk's a good player. You know, is he's shown flashes. Um, I think it just is a matter of his comfort level with the team yeah 100% um, but with saying all that we, we're saying he's underwhelming in the sense of his numbers right now but if right. you do break his game down he's one of the best defensemen on the team w- with his first pass and zone exits yep. and that's in this day's age in hockey that's arguably the, the number one crucial thing as an NHL defenseman right now 
Absolutely. So it's, it's, it's just a matter of fact, getting this whole game uh, rounded up around the blue style and brew base style. And I think we will see that just a matter of when. But of course, um, nothing else with it, though. Yep. Yep. And before we continue into our final final little segment of the episode, we got one more ad break real quick. And so stay tuned and we'll be right back with the last few minutes of today's episode. All right, Joey. So real quick, looking forward at the rest of the week. We're not going to get too in-depth, but you got Tuesday, New Jersey at home in St. Louis. Thursday against um, Arizona at home in St. Louis. Friday on the road in Dallas and Sunday on the road in Minnesota. So busy week for busy week for the Blues, but I think some winnable games are early on. And then second half of that, Friday, Friday's game against Dallas and Sunday's game against Minnesota are, are going to be big ones. Divisional games, need to win them there. But I think, you know, no offense to the to all my Devils friends out there, Devils fans friends out there, but I think if, if, you're, a, if you're a struggling team and you need a bounce-back game, who better to do it against than the New Jersey Devils? They're they're one of the worst teams in the league this year. Their defense is, has been um, very poor, very unstructured. Good opportunity for the Blues to really get back to their game and, and, and stick it to a mediocre team. What do you what do you what do you think for that for that one? I think it's a uh, nice win. Before I even before I even touch on this, I'm gonna I'm just gonna read off the standings real quick. Right now, the Dallas Stars are first in the Central with 74 points in 59 games. They have the tiebreaker over the Blues, who also have 74 points in 59 games. And then you have the Colorado Avalanche with two games in hand on both teams at 57 and have 72 points. So they're two back with two games in hand. This Friday is the game of the year as of right now. Yeah, it will absolutely. be the game of the year as of right now. It will probably be for first place. If not, it will give them a game up. You know, obviously it's a four-point swing game. It's a four-point swing. So And they're currently tied with the same game I feel so bad for what's going to happen to the New Jersey Devils tomorrow night because I really think tomorrow is going to be a statement game to get back yep. on track against a weak team. Perfect situation for the Blues. They're going to get their get in, get do their business, get out. Yep. Then they move to Arizona, right? They they play Arizona. Arizona is going to have the the freaking mindset of Nashville over the weekend. They're desperate. And keep they're, in mind that Arizona is going to be on the the uh, second night of a back to back. They're they're in Dallas the night before. And then they travel goal. to St. Louis, so so they'll be on their second night of a back to back, and I don't even know who their backup goalie is, but uh, start okay. They got Ranta and Kemper right now, so two two um, good, is Kemper back from injury? Uh, not that I know of, hundred percent. I know he was injured though. Yes. Um. Hmm. Okay. So I think it really depends on who we see on that second night of the back to back from Arizona, but regardless, they're a they're a. They're not again a bit of, more of a poorer team, uh, not in a playoff spot right now. So two two games against two non playoff teams, I, I think, are must wins for St. Louis. We'll touch on the goaltending situation in the preview uh, yep. leading up yep. to that game. Yep. But um, yeah, but they're if you look at the Pacific Division, first place through fourth place, fifth no first place through fifth place is either seventy points or sixty eight points. Yep. So that's five teams within two right. points of each other. So, so yeah, so Arizona's in fifth place in the Pacific, but they're also they're also two points out of first place. So, so yeah, it, they're going to be a des- they're going to be a hungry team. They're going to be a desperate 100%. team, but they're going to be on the second night of a back to back. And the Blues have every reason to be hungry and desperate too. So I think that's another very very winnable game. I'm not then, feeling any. I'm not feeling any sort of pressure at the moment with the standings or how everything's playing out. I, and me personally, I know the Blues are gonna be on track. I know you're on the same page with me on that. Yep. But man, it will face. be so. It, it'll take a lightweight off my shoulders if they can go two and zero heading into Friday. Yeah. And just 
yeah. man, Friday's game is so big, it's unreal. Well, yeah, if you go, if you, God forbid, go 0-2 heading into heading into Friday's game and you have a matchup against Dallas coming off of, you know, the Blues would be at that point. They, I don't even want to know what they're, at that point, they'd have, it would be a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 game losing streak if they were to lose these next two. God forbid you head into Dallas having lost the last seven straight, blowing blowing first place, giving most likely Dallas first place, that's going to be a really tough game to win versus you reverse the trend, you you stop the losing streak at five um, and get two big wins against some not-so-good teams and reestablish your dominance, and then, you head into, and then Friday's game takes on a completely different um, tone. I really think these next two games are going to be huge, huge, huge for the, for the setup heading into Friday's game against Dallas in Dallas because depending on how these next game, two games go for the Blues, they could be looking up at the rest of the division or you know they could be anywhere from from looking up at the rest of the division to still in a tight race for first place to having a bit of a having a, a bit of more of a clear lead a couple more points versus being tied so these next two games are are huge for the narrative on friday i, I think the it's depending on how it goes for st louis friday could be do or die game of the year absolutely you know huge for momentum for the rest of the season K- kicking into the final friday's game will be the 62nd or 63rd game so the final 20 or so games of a regular of a season are, are always you know you kind of ramp it up you get that playoff atmosphere and you, you know you, you start to win you, you you try to win four out of every seven games because they're going to be they're going to be a grind they're going to be tough but it's where you got to this is where the blues need to flip that switch and take it to the next level and and really finish strong if they want to if they want to carry momentum into the playoffs yeah and, and god forbid they go 0 and 2 but if they do i fully 1 trillion percent expecting some drastic changes to this lineup if they yep. go 0 and 2 heading yep. into friday and i yep. 100% mean there will be trade being made if they go 0 2. Absolutely. Even if they go 2 and 0, we'll see. I mean, we we know If they that, go 2 and 0, yeah. We know that but we also we also know that Armstrong and also Barube aren't ones to buy into hot streaks fully. Like, you know, if a team goes, we saw we saw when the team was on the bubble and and then the, the couple of years ago and when we traded away Stasty, this team was on the bubble, you know, it didn't really make a whole lot of sense, but but you had to keep in mind that yeah, the their standings wise, they looked okay, but if you watched their play, you knew they weren't a playoff team. You knew they weren't a cup contending team. So Armstrong, I think, is very much um, dependent on just the, the he watches the games, he knows how his team is playing. He doesn't necessarily look at the points or the standings. Um, so if he if he likes what he sees this next week, I think there's not a whole lot of shakeup. But if if the front office is disappointed with the play of a couple guys in these in these uh, clutch games, I think we could see some name shipped out. But we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll say it one more time before the end of the podcast. It would not shock me one bit if Brendan Dillon is a St. Louis Blue or a member of another team Absolutely. come tomorrow's podcast. Absolutely. I really that, think that that yep. sweepstakes is heating up very much right now. Yeah. But that being said. I think that's all we got for today. Uh, you got anything else, Joey? I'm good. Let's I'm do good. it. All right, perfect. So that's it for today's episode. Stay tuned for um, the rest of the week's episode. We've got to have some good game previews and then obviously the gauntlet and fan mailbag on Friday. We didn't have any questions last week. So follow us on Twitter and Instagram at LockedOnBlues. Ask us your questions. It doesn't even have to be about hockey. Ask us about our favorite movies or whatever. And as always, thank you guys for listening. And let's go Blues.